Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 347. We are swiftly making our way through the patriarchal age, and we are going to look for part two of Joseph in Egypt today. You see, Joseph was a key character in the will and plan of God for the great story of God that started with creation and will end one day with the new creation. As you know, we are in the second part of our journey through the Tanakh, through the Old Testament. We are in the second time period, the second of ten. The primeval period, which lasted from Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 11, that includes time period, everything that happened between creation to 2100 B.C. when Abraham comes on the scene. When Abraham comes on the scene, we enter into what I call the patriarchal period. This is when the father leaders become the prominent people and the 12 tribes of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, come to prominence. And before this time, it's just kind of centered around this person or that person. It was Abraham after Noah. And now after Isaac comes Jacob and Jacob's name is changed to Israel and everything begins to pick up speed. And we are introduced to Joseph, the first son of Rachel, who was Jacob's favorite wife. This was before she had Benjamin. Then, as you know, Rachel died while giving birth to Benjamin. And Jacob called him the son of my right hand. And he was the son of the old age. And many times, as is the case, when a son or a daughter comes late in a person's life, they are somewhat spoiled. They are very tender to that mom or that dad, especially to the dad. And so Benjamin was the son of Jacob's old age, much as the older boys had been the sons of his youth. And so now the drama has shifted to Egypt and God has sent Joseph ahead. That's right. God is the one who sent Joseph to Egyptian slavery. Now, when Joseph left and was brought into slavery, he was 17 years old. So that means that he was 13 years in slavery. Why? Because the Bible says at 30 years of age, Joseph began to rule over all of Egypt. And so 13 years of slavery, 13 years of abuse, 13 years of being a victim, 13 years of being lied about, being cheated on, of being forgotten, of being abandoned. Was there ever a man that had a case for playing the victim? Certainly it was Joseph. But Joseph had a different attitude. You see, he believed that it was God who had sent him ahead to save not only his own life, but to save his brothers who betrayed him, his father who loved him, 
and to eventually bring the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage that later they would go into. Joseph, of course, had died long before then, and a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph, as we'll see, will rise up. But Joseph knew that one day, even though they were out of the land temporarily, he didn't know how long exactly it would be. He knew that God had made a promise that after 400 years of being in a foreign country, they would come back into the land of Canaan. He knew the prophecy of Abraham, but he didn't know exactly probably where they were in that journey. But he knew that they would return back to the land. As a matter of fact, when Joseph died, his request was that indeed when they left out, they would take Joseph, his body that had been embalmed by the Egyptians. After all, he was the prime minister. He was like a Pharaoh, and they would take and bury his body in his ancestral homeland, and that they did. It was an act of faith. Joseph was a man who trusted God above his circumstances. You say, well, pastor, how do you know that? Well, in the book of Genesis chapter 45 and verse 8, you'll recall the story where Jacob was in famine, just like so many times in that land in between that we call Israel the nation of Israel, what is Israel and Jordan and Syria today, there are frequent droughts and there were during biblical days. So they were without food. They were dependent not upon irrigation like along the Nile River and the Diluvian fan of the Nile, which had plenty of water anytime and anywhere. No, they were dependent upon the rains coming and so they didn't come and there was great famine. There was famine all over the world at that time and so the scripture says that Jacob said, go down into Egypt. I heard that they have stores of food there and buy some food and bring back lest we all just starve to death here. And so you know the story. Jacob's brothers go down. They leave Benjamin behind. Joseph sees them. He recognizes them. His heart leaps within him, but he is a control. After all, he had been through a lot that brought about control. When you get to the point of where he said to them, "Is do you have a father? Yes. Is he well? Of course he was checking on his father. Is this all of you? Do you have any other brothers? Well, yes, we have one that is still at home. He's the youngest. He's the boy who got his father's heart, and so we didn't take him because we knew that our father's life was bound up in this boy. Well, is that all that you had? Well, there was another one, and he is no longer. And so Joseph knew that they still had to deal with all of this. So he was not speaking to them in their language. They didn't recognize him. It's a fascinating story as you read through. I'm telling you, you can tell your children this. You can tell anybody this. Of course, Hollywood has gotten hold of it. And they perverted it and not made it good according to the scriptures because that would have to honor God. And so they've made all kinds of movies about Joseph, but never really told the biblical story that I know of according to Just Like It Was. But here is Joseph now, and he sends them back to make sure that his younger brother is alive and asks them to bring him back, and then he keeps him there. And you know the story. You can read through it, and I'm not going to go through it completely on this podcast, but I do want you to get to chapter 45 where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Now, I'm not going to go into the details, 
details of how that was done, but it is a fascinating story. But what I do want you to understand is that the moment that Joseph drew them near, put out all of the Egyptians, and it was just those Hebrews in the room, his brothers, that he revealed himself unto them in what I believe was a fascinating concept of a way that they would know that Joseph was indeed their brother. And he did that, and immediately they were frightened, and guilt struck their heart, and they were afraid of Joseph, but Joseph said, don't be afraid. And here's the passage I want you to see, because the scripture says in verse 7, and God sent me, this is Joseph talking to his brothers, before you to preserve a posterity, that is a remnant. That's literally what the word is. God sent me before you to preserve a remnant for you and the earth, and to save your lives by great deliverance. Do you mean that God can take a bad circumstance and bring something good out of it? Well, that's God's name. God's name is redemption. He's the one who saves. He's the one that delivers. And this is, he's showing in this great story that he knew this all along. Verse 8 says, this famous verse, Joseph said, so now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh. This is an amazing statement. Here is Joseph telling his brothers I know what you meant for harm, but God has taken what you meant for harm, what the wicked heart has meant for harm, and he's used it for good. This is the way God does things. You see, all the time we get so worried that somehow people can thwart the will of God. We need to play long ball every now and then and quit looking at our own navels and start thinking about what God's long-term plan is. You see, if you've had a bad time in your life of failure. That's not your entire life story. That's not the identity of who you are. Joseph never lost the idea and the concept of who he was. Through all of this, he kept a great attitude. Why? Because he knew God was in control. Why, God could have saved him from his brothers. God could have delivered him from the Ishmaelites and the Midianites. He could have kept him from being lied about and maligned as Potiphar's wife did. Why, Joseph knew what was going on. But he allowed God's sovereignty to rule in his life. And he just kept a good attitude of trusting God. I'm not talking about a positive attitude. I'm talking about a godly attitude of trusting God. And while he was in Egypt, God let him find favor with Pharaoh. Let him find favor with the jailer. God let him find favor with Potiphar. Anywhere that Joseph went, God went before him. This is the way it is when we walk with God. And so the scripture says in verse 7 of chapter 45, And God sent me before you to preserve a remnant something that's going to stay around, something that's going to last, something that is broken off and torn off of the main garment. Joseph was torn away from his family. And you say, oh, that's horrible. But out of that came deliverance one day for everybody, not just then immediately, but God allowed them to go into Egypt so they could become a mighty nation. Why? Because they had a mighty land to one day populate and God had to take them into Egypt so that they could be brought out as a mighty nation and a rich and wealthy nation, which they were. And God had a reason for this. He made a promise. He made a promise to Abraham, the patriarch. And he said, Abraham, in chapter 15, 
Now you're mine. We've cut this covenant together, and I'm telling you I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. You're going to be a stranger, you and your lineage, for 400 years. But in the fourth generation, I'm going to bring you back to this land. It may look like that everything's bleak. It may look like that everything's going south. It's not, son. I'm going to bring you out, and I'm going to bring you out as a great and mighty nation. And everybody thought, well, there they go down into Egypt. They'll never be back. They're going to go down there, and they're going to prosper for a while, and then everything turned bad. But do you know, even in that, God was in that. God allowed all that to happen so that he could raise up Moses, so that he could bring the people into the land with a strong and mighty arm. And by the way, it was such a period in time that we still talk about it, and the Jews still remember it and celebrate it to this day. It's called Pesach, or Passover. Every year, the Jewish people all over the world remember what God did. And every Shabbat, the sons of Joseph, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, are used as a paradigm of blessing for their own children. You see, God knows what he's doing. And even when the enemy even when the enemy of our souls means something for evil, just like Joseph, he said, don't be fussing and fighting with one another. Don't be trying to accuse one another. Don't be trying to explain everything away. Don't be the victim. Don't say God has forsaken us. Why? Because it is God who does this so he can deliver us. Verse 8 of 45 says, so now it was not you who sent me here. Now they were the agents that God used to get him there. These brothers were the agents that God used to get Joseph there. But it was God who did it. Why? Because he needed to have Joseph there so that he could go ahead and preserve the life of his father and the brothers who had gone against him. Now, let me just stop because I could go on literally for an hour. But I want to just say to you, whatever you're going through, whatever your family's going through, whatever you personally are going through, it may be the biggest crisis of your life. Let me tell you, if you're a child of God and you are trusting God and you've given your life to Jesus and Jesus is your life, please, please hear me. God is allowing everything to come into your life right now that might seem like the end of the world. It's not. God has a plan for your life. And he will at time give you favor and he will raise you up. You are never out of God's sight. You are never out of God's control. God knows exactly where you are. He sees where you are. And when it's time, he will raise you up just like he did for Joseph. It was 13 years of slavery, of being lied about, of being talked about, of being thrown in prison, about being shamed and ridiculed. But then God raised him up. And you say, but you don't know what people have done to me. Well, has anyone put you into a well and then gotten you up and sold you into human slavery, then acted like you were dead? Somebody may be hearing my voice somewhere in another country where this is the case. Let me say to you, God knows. God sees you. Call upon God and ask God to deliver you because God may be up to something that you don't know yet. You've got to look at the long end of this. The Jews during the time of the great Holocaust, the burning, the sacrifice that came about during the period of the Second World War, it seemed like that everything was lost and Hitler was winning. But you see, in the midst of all the suffering, God had a 
plan. Did God allow that? Of course he did. I mean, he's God. He could have stopped it. We'll know one day why. And many times people say, well, if it hadn't been for the Holocaust, it's because of the Holocaust that the Jews are in Israel today. No, I I have a tendency to disagree. I know historically what they're saying, and I know philosophically what they're saying. I don't believe that the nation of Israel is the nation of Israel today in the land because of the Holocaust, but in spite of it. In spite of six million Jews being tortured and used as human guinea pigs and sacrificed, cremated as offerings, God in his great sovereignty and mercy and grace, in spite of all of that, brought the nation of Israel into existence. It is another miracle. And other than the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I believe, not the Reformation, Not all of the last great events of the last 2,000 years. I think the greatest fulfillment of prophecy and the greatest miracle of the last 2,000 years after the resurrection of Jesus is God's fulfillment of his promise to visit the nation of Israel a second time when they have been in diaspora, spread across the face of the earth, and brought them back into the homeland for one final time because God is the God of history. After all, it's his story. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.